We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. A lot of times people try to pit us against each other. And when I first came home and she called me... And we were talking about working together and things like that. And she's just congratulating me on coming home. I told her, like, you know, people are going to try to pit us against each other. It's probably the most disrespectful record I've ever heard in my life. You mess with my man, I'm going to break your You hear me? We're here. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events, we're always writing articles, but when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen, you can get $50 off of any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. Once again, you know it's me, Kel Dansby, alongside Andreas Hale. We were bombarded with crazy information right before the show happened, so. It's a crazy week in the UFC, let's just say that. 
Um, tons of work for us, but of course we take out the time to bring you guys the podcast that you love to listen to. So today we got to talk wrestling because WWE has Fastlane coming up. We have to talk boxing. We have to preview the Garcia Thurman fight there. Tons of stuff to recap. And we have Oscar talk, but we got to start off with Nicki Minaj. Just because we got to <laughs> do it. Right? Um, uh. R.I.P. Nicki. That, that's yeah. all I can say. Like, oh, so unfair. It, it was like watching Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez. Yeah. See, the funny thing is, all right, so obviously Remy Ma dropped Sheether. Um, what was that, Friday? Friday night? Saturday? I can't remember what day. I just know I, I looked and my phone was blowing up and people were like, have you heard this shit? And I think it was Saturday morning. And she dropped a seven-minute diss track over Nas's ether and completely annihilated Nicki Minaj. Now, the funny thing about all this is, you know, uh, people are like, well, you can't count Nicki out. Uh, that's nice to say. But <laughs> what, what Remy Ma proceeded to do, like, you got to look at the strategy of this. She gets out of jail. She's working her way back into relevancy by appearing on, on song after song, knocking shit down. And she starts poking. And it's it's she starts poking with these little subliminals, but they're not really pokes. They're more like bait, because Remy's not shy to say that she should the throne should be hers. Nicki Minaj took the bait, took a shot at her on the Black Beatles remix. Um, and I think there was like two other songs she took a shot at her on, and then Remy just was like, "Oh, subliminals? Nah, never mind. I'm just going for the jugular," and completely <laughs> went from her career to her sex life. Poor Ebro, he he got put out there for banging her. Um, her ass sagging, put Meek Mill's private, like little information out there. And they just proceeded to body her for seven minutes. And anybody that says like, this isn't over. Yeah, that's true. But I really have no idea what Nicki Minaj could possibly come back with to knock down what Remy Ma just did to her over the course of seven minutes. Nah, it's over. Like there's, there's no discussion. It's, it's Conor McGregor knocking out Jose Aldo over. Where it happens in a blink, and it's just, there's nothing else you can do. There's nothing she can say about Remy that, one, we haven't seen probably on Love & Hip Hop, and two, that's factual. Because, I mean, Remy was in prison. Like, what are you going to get? She has, like, seven years of her life where you can't even touch because you know, she wasn't doing anything. And then, I mean, you could you call her a jailbird if you well, want to. That just adds to her cred. <laughs> like, what do you... I mean, you got to have, like, some real Rikers island connections and pull like yo i don't know you had this girlfriend in jail and you were cheating on your husband with this girl and Bob, like you got to do some wild shit like that and you can't make it up so i mean it has to be somewhat factual because remy came with not only the fire but facts facts yeah. and then now there's pictures of Nicki minaj's ass from the future video looking real sad on twitter like her ass oh. is frowning it really yes. did deflate. It, it's it's horrible. Yo, I looked at it and all I could think of was that sad trombone, that womp womp. That's all I could think of. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. I don't know why I just pictured Xavier Woods playing that. Like just the trombone <laughs> behind her. But I mean, yeah, it's it's just for Nicki Minaj who can rap and has a lot of the ability to rap. However, her her dive into popular culture has made her a little bit soft. And Remy Ma has never even though she's got like a song right now with Keisha Cole, she's never really delved into the soft area. Even when she had a hit with Lean Back, which is like a decade ago, she was never a soft rapper. So it was like she always came for the juggling. Now, 
I'm figuring that Nikki, if she's going to come back, she's going to say that Papoose wrote, wrote a rhyme and she's going to talk about her being incarcerated. Um, you can't go too low and talk about her losing the baby. That's just that's too far. Um, and yeah. nobody's going to accept that. I mean, but, uh, that's the only route she can really go. Like, it's super ugly status where you got to break out some shit that's just a low blow. But that that's the exact thing that, you know, if you go the super ugly route like Jay-Z did with Nas, you're just going to be frowned upon anyway. So... You, you could like coming back with the Instagram post. I mean, this is looking like the longer this goes, it's looking like Meek Mill Drake, but to a higher degree um, <laughs> yeah. because Meek took forever to respond and came back with something that was weak. Whereas, you know, Drake kept hitting him and hitting him. And it's like Remy doesn't even need to hit her anymore. Like this is pretty much it. You know, she she caught the body, toe tagged her. And, you know, it's, it's walking dead status for Nicki Minaj now. She's got to really come back from the dead to do something dope. Or she just um, got to be a pop star and ignore it. Yeah, and that's really, I mean, you know, like when Joe Budden was going at Drake. However, in the, the realm of females in hip-hop, unfortunately, that circle's super small. So you can't avoid another woman who's at the top of her game dissing you. Like with with Drake, he could ignore Joe because there's so many other rappers out there and people will say, well, Joe's irrelevant. Nicki and, and Remy, you can't say Remy's irrelevant. Remy had the, like the hottest song of the summer, summer with All the Way Up. And her being on Love and Hip Hop and not making a complete fool out of herself actually has made her look better than any other time that she's been in hip hop. So it's like, what are you going to do, Nikki? Like, I'm looking at my watch. Like, we're about to talk about the Oscars. You got a buffer. You know, when, when the, whole, <laughs> the whole Steve Harvey flub at the Oscars gave you some time for us to, to forget about what you're going to do. Time's up, Nikki. You got to do something. She ain't doing nothing. She got to fix her ass, first and foremost. Well, yeah. Like, regardless, like, you gotta look right. Like, <laughs> the whole your ass deflated line had me dying. Um, oh, man, there's so many gems in that song. So many gems. So dirty. Just greasy, the way she floated on her. So, shout out to Remy Ma. She landed the first KO of the weekend. Um, <laughs> won't be the last. No, it definitely won't. Uh, we have to talk Oscars before moving on to combat sports. Because I know you were like really into it this year. There was a strong black presence this year in the Oscars as far as nominations were concerned. Um, and movies, I guess. Like themed movies and everything. And did it deliver for you enough in terms of Oscar wins and just not nominations? We saw Moonlight well, and we know the mess up by now. But in other categories. Well, I mean, I'm big on cinema. Like that's that's... Once I transition out of all this MMA shit, now I'm joking. But seriously, like cinema and Hollywood and film and TV is kind of what raised me along with hip hop and like video games and combat sports. So every year I'm tuned into the Oscars. So this year, seeing Moonlight get nominated, which if you haven't seen it by now, I don't know what your excuse is. You need to see this movie. It's a phenomenal film. So, you know, the Oscar So White thing has gone on for the past couple of years. And for the first time, there have been multiple winners. Um, that have the of color in the Oscars. So to see, you know, Mashal Ali win Best Supporting Actor for he ran away with it. Viola Davis is a little strange because she won Best Supporting Actress, but if you see Fences, she's not supporting. She's a lead in that film. Um, but I we'll take it. It is what it is. Viola deserved it. And then uh, you know, the snub of the year, and once again, you know, my biggest problem with this, like this would have been completely satisfactory, but Denzel losing to Casey Asflet. And I've seen Manchester by the Sea, and I've watched just about everybody that was nominated for this 
for that award. And it was really a two-man race between Denzel Washington and Casey Affleck. Ryan Gosling was like a distant third. Um, I, I just don't understand how Denzel, who is, I mean, I don't know how you can argue that he's not the greatest actor of our generation, but this man has only won one Best Actor award for a movie that I, I said on Twitter, and people came at me about this, was like his 17th best role in Training Day. Ooh. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. And, and, and people came at me, it was like 17th, come on. And I was like, lit, off the top of my head, from Mo Better Blues, Malcolm X, uh, you know, we can even talk Booker Eli, Flight. Uh, Booker Eli over that? I'm talking about his performance. Like, look. Ah, damn. Then, he played That's a wrong. blind man in Book of Eli. I didn't even like the source material. I'm just talking about Denzel's performance. Yeah. Right? And I'm talking about all the times he's played a lead. And, I mean, he could have been best supporting actor for his role in Philadelphia opposite Tom Hanks, even though everybody remembers Tom Hanks, but Denzel was phenomenal. Like, I, I can name 10 – I've almost named 10 movies right now without really thinking about it that Denzel was better than at a training day, and he won for training day. Like, the hurricane, he got robbed. Malcolm X, he got robbed. This year – he got robbed. I like Casey Affleck, and I thought he had a, a great performance in Manchester by the Sea as this disgruntled man who's dealing with a lot. But Denzel being the old grumpy man who's trying to keep his kids, his son in line, well, both of his sons in line, and trying to live out, you know, racism in the '60s by looking towards the past instead of the future. It's it's a nuance, a terribly nuanced and phenomenal performance, and I just don't understand how Denzel didn't win again. And that frustrates the hell out of me. I mean, if you look at Denzel, he looked disgusted. Like, he looked like he wanted to punch somebody in the crowd. It's, <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable how this man just does not win Best Actor. Yeah, Who's I better mean, than Denzel? He has to be at the point where he's just like, what do I have to do? Like, it's just not in the cards. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, if it doesn't happen for this, it's not going to happen. Well, he's, I mean, it's going to happen. It's going to happen in whatever his next role will be. Because the outcry for him not winning has become so loud. Just like when Pacino finally won for Son of a Woman, which wasn't his best performance, which in, you know, coincidentally was the film that knocked off Denzel for winning for Malcolm X. You know, it's like you get these honorary awards, and Denzel got one, I believe, for Training Day, even though he's still one of the best actors. But this is going to happen again. He's going to win the award, but people, you can't forget you know, the movies that he's done that have been better uh, that he's gotten snubbed for. Like even when he lost for Flight, that was forgivable. I can't even remember who won that year without looking it up. But even though he was great in Flight, whoever, whoever beat him that year, I was like, ah, okay, I can do that. Um, I th- and I, I think it was uh, Lincoln. Um, okay, that um, that was a pretty good movie. Daniel Dave Lewis's performance in Lincoln, which I, I that's forgivable because he was excellent in that. But uh, yo, man, I can't I can't take it anymore. Denzel keeps losing. This is. <laughs> This is rough, man. He is truly one of the greatest actors of our generation. This man just he he loses again. Come on, man. Yeah, I can't. I can't argue with that, man. It's. <clears throat> I thought he would get that. I didn't think Moonlight was gonna win Best Picture. Um, that was a surprise. So, I guess if that's the trade-off, Denzel will have more opportunities to win Best Actor. It's not often you'll see a movie like Moonlight win Best Picture. So I was like, all right, cool. It's not a horrible trade-off. And the representation was good, um, especially in the political climate, the social climate. I I thought it made a good stance on, you know, the quality of diversity in in both movies and actors, actresses, everything. You know, themes, 
there was, you know, man, the movies nominated were so diverse. Even La La Land that had so much acclaim and people were like, oh, it's so white, blah, blah, blah. It, it, even that was different because it's a musical. Well, I mean, well, that's the thing. Like Hollywood has always been partial to like musicals and love notes to Hollywood, which La La Land does both. It's a musical and it's a love note to Hollywood. And and people were so hard on it, but it's really a good movie. Like I'm it's technically superior to just about everything that was up there. It was a, a very well made movie. However, Moonlight was a story that people are going to be remember. And it, and for those who say, well, it's the gay thing. Well, look, homosexuality in the African-American community has been taboo for years. And we've never really seen a, a story that has uh, traversed you know, three different characters playing basically the same character, but as a, as a man growing up to deal with this, it's, I, it's, 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 you can't forget it. It's like burned into my memory. I, that, that movie is one of the best films I've seen in at least the last five to 10 years. It's really that good. It deserved it. Yeah. So shout out to the Oscars for getting it right on that note. We now have to change tunes and talk about another movie star. This movie star is coming back to the octagon, George St. Pierre. And I use star loosely. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's returning to the octagon. Dana White uh, made the announcement a couple weeks ago that he'd be returning. Now we know he has an opponent. Surprise, surprise, Michael Bisping. GSP is about to win the sweepstakes of somebody, please God, take this strap off of Michael. Um. Supposedly, yeah. Uh, the, Supposedly, you know, the whoa, whoa, whoa. So wait, well, wait. Well, we're, we're going to dive into this, but you're giving Bisping a chance to win. Of course, I'm going to give Bisping a chance, and the reason why is because Saint Pierre has been away from the octagon for three and a half years, um, almost four by the time he steps in the cage, which I'm going to say is going to be on the July card. They didn't give us a date, but Saint Pierre Bisping for the middleweight titles more than likely will be at the July card in Las Vegas because all the big fights happen there. Um, so almost four years, he's not getting any younger. He's fighting in a higher weight class. Uh, I give Bisping a puncher's chance. I I don't think he's going to win, but I I can't just completely dismiss, um, Bisping's size advantage. And, you know, he should, you know, we don't know because St. Pierre has been touched a lot in his last few fights. I mean, if you say, see, if you say to yourself today that, uh, George St. Pierre will be lumped up by Johnny Hedricks, you probably laugh at yourself. But now, True. you know, is now it's like you look at it and it's like, well, things change. Three and a half years, a lot of things change. Is St. Pierre going to be the same by when he comes back? I'm really not sure. Um, I'd like to think so, and I think the wrestling is is going to be the 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 great equalizer in this fight. But you never know. Bisping could catch him on the chin one time. We don't know what St. Pierre is going to do when he gets knuckled up. No, that's very true. I mean, I'm assuming he would lay and pray. And then, you know, Bisping would be forced to go to the ground, and that's all bad for Bisping. I just can't pick out what Bisping does exceptionally well. And well, yeah. him, in my opinion, losing to a 44-year-old in his last fight um, makes it seem damn near impossible that he's going to beat GSP. I don't care how long the layoff. And I usually champion for, like, you know, oh, it's tough. You come back after a long layoff, all this stuff. Um, I'm one that believes in ring rust or octagon rust or whatever. I don't see it against Bisping. I, I, I've been thinking the entire time since he had the knockout against Rockhold is people were just racing to see who wins the sweepstakes to take the belt off him. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Look, 
there's people are going to say that Bisping ran from Romero. And I've been of the mindset that Bisping has earned the right to make a lot of money against George St. Pierre. You know, Romero's going to get his shot. Even though he's not getting any younger, he's 39, he's going to get his crack at the middleweight title. Unless he gets stuck in there with Jacare again, that could be interesting. But uh, Bisping has been, he's done everything the UFC's ever asked him to do. So for him to get a crack at George St. Pierre and the opportunity to make a lot of money, great for him. But it's not a dangerous fight for Michael Bisping in the sense of him getting hurt. This is just a dangerous fight of losing your title. So if you're going to lose your title, I prefer to lose to George St. Pierre rather than getting my head knocked off by Yoel Romero. That's very true. Um, you don't want to get need. Yeah, to you don't want to get just crushed. be leaking. I mean, it, 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 here's the funny thing. Like, if I'm Bisping and it's like, you know, you can fight your Romero for a little bit of money or St. Pierre for a lot of money, and you put Romero and St. Pierre next to each other, I'm, I'm fighting that guy, St. Pierre. Romero looks like a damn super soldier, like sent from like the 23rd century coming to, to rip my head off. St. Pierre just looks like a guy. And now he's what above- does Romero do? That's that's the next question. Well, he fights. I mean, he's going to have to fight Jacare, which will probably be for another interim title. <laughs> like, let's just be honest here. If if Rockhold isn't ready to fight Jacare, which is the fight that most people do want to see, I see Jacare fighting Romero, unfortunately. Um yeah, but I, Romero has to stay active. He's too old to kind of sit on the sidelines and just wait to see what happens. But, you know, and especially right now because he last fought in, what was that, October at a 205? So Romero's got to get back in there soon. He needs to go ahead and book a fight. Yeah, uh, that's it's risky because he can sit back and wait. But if GSP wins, how do you not make GSP versus Anderson Silva? Well... You don't because Anderson didn't really win his last fight. I mean, I get the mentality behind it, but I just don't see, you know, I mean, Anderson Silva is probably going to fight again in the interim as well. I don't see Anderson Silva really sitting around either. So I I don't see them going that route. It's tough right now. There's a lot of things that could possibly happen. Like Conor McGregor can jump back in the picture this summer and say, I want to fight for the welterweight title. The middleweight title of St. Pierre has it. There's all these things that are possible. Um, but, you know, we'll figure out a date for Bisping, GSP. Let's hope nobody gets hurt because that would suck. And then uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll definitely have to see. Fortunately for the rest of the welterweight division, which we'll talk about because they're headlining this weekend, um, they don't have to worry about St. Pierre coming to immediately get a title shot. So that D- D- Damian Maya sitting back because he's got Masvidal coming. But with Maya sitting back going, whew, I don't have to go back to the back of the line again. <laughs> Dodge that bullet, uh, you know, until Connor throws his hat in the ring. Exactly. Um, <laughs> that he just jumps everyone, but it, it's interesting to see the new precedent being set by the UFC and you know WME, where the rankings don't mean shit. It really no. doesn't. Like you're just gonna have to fight, and if you're not entertaining enough or a big enough name, you're gonna have to be jumped and like it. Yeah, it's. I mean, you got to deal with it. You know, the, WME is in the entertainment business. They're not a sports organization right they're not a sports company they're here to promote entertainment and they're going to use the UFC as entertainment they're going to look at the biggest opportunities to make the most money get the most exposure george st pierre is going to give you more exposure than yoel romero so uh as for everybody else like if mcgregor comes along you're screwed so it is what it is deal with it fight make some money um find a way to make yourself a bigger star i don't know what else you can do yeah romero definitely is not going to be in that category um Let's talk about UFC 209 then before you know we take a quick break and get into other stuff. UFC 209's this weekend. It's kind of now eclipsed by the George St. Pierre news. 
it's crazy. I feel like all the fighters at Media Day are going to have to answer GSP questions. Oh, of course. Um, Unfortunately. Yeah, but great card, uh, main card at least, and great fights at the top. We have Woodley versus Thompson for what, you know, heading into it looked like maybe a GSP fight later in the summer, but now we know they're not getting that. Uh, but great fight nonetheless. The first one was entertaining. It had a little bit of everything. What do you expect from this second one? Um, more of the same. I, I, I'm going to put the pressures on Tyron Woodley. Um, a lot of people are going to say the pressures on, on Wonder Boy to do something different, but I think Wonder Boy made a mistake and got clipped in that first fight because if he didn't get hurt, he would have. He may have won that fight. Um, so I think the pressure is going to be on Woodley to press the action, and he's very confident and. I, you know, I just put it out there like I, you know, I'm very, I'm cool with Woodley. Uh, we're not like best friends or anything, like that, but I'm cool with him. But I can't pick him. I just it's, it's just really hard for me to pick Tyron Woodley to win this fight. Um, he's got that one hitter quitter power. He's got that excellent wrestling. But I, I truly think that Wonder Boy is kind of of the Andre Ward mindset that once he's got you figured out, he may just completely have you figured out. And over the course of five rounds, you know, Willie's going to have to land that big shot again. Otherwise, he's going to get picked apart. And I don't, I picked Wonder Boy by knockout the first fight. I'm not picking him by knockout this time. I think it's going to be a very entertaining fight, but I, I, I think Wonder Boy is going to be the new champ. I'm picking Wonder Boy as well. Um, I think he knocks Woodley out. I think he finishes him this time. Uh, after interviewing both of them a month ago, Tyron, he, is comfortable just building upon what he did in the first fight. And I'm not sure if what he was doing in the first fight was enough to win. If it wasn't right. for the 10-8 round, to me, he would have lost that fight easily. So to hear he's not changing anything and just building upon it, like just training more with Sage and all this, it's just like, okay. Um, and he's been doing a lot of other stuff. And it, that always worries me. So... Him, I appreciate him taking the stance, um, being more vocal about the issues of race in sports and everything else. Um, but him teaching Sage Northcutt how to use seasoning or all these other little things, which may go on in every camp. You know, maybe we just don't see it, but maybe it's a norm in fighting camps. I don't know. It just seems like he is content with doing what he did before. When now you know this guy, bring in longer bigger rangier kickboxing style fighters <clears throat> he didn't change anything so and wonder boy did change things he alluded to that he told me that personally he was like i can't tell you exactly what we changed but we saw where he's more vulnerable and he said he he was gun shy he didn't pull the trigger on a lot of those things he said that won't happen this fight i expect him to get the finish well, my th what I've learned um, being around fighters and interviewing fighters, you take a lot of that stuff with a grain of salt. You know, if Woodley says he didn't change anything, I mean, that believe means he changed everything. I, I don't believe anything that Tyron says. He's not going to tell you his game plan. Um, you know, him showing Sage Northcutt how to season some chicken is not is something that he did in his downtime. It didn't happen in the middle of his camp. So. I think Woodley's going to train extremely hard. I just think the physical advantage is leading towards Wonder Boy no matter how you slice this. Woodley has to close the distance, use his wrestling, 
and get inside. It's the only way to beat Wonderboy. Fighting him at a distance with your back against the cage will lead you to lose the fight. I think Wonderboy, Willie's going to be a little bit more aggressive, but he won't overcommit because he doesn't want to get countered. Because he watched what happened to Hendricks, Ellenberger, and just about everybody else that has rushed in against Wonderboy. He's going to have to fight a better pace and look for that opening. He got that opening in the last fight, nearly finished him. He'll look for the same thing. I just think Wonderboy, technically superior on the feet, will win this fight. I, do, I just don't know. Like, Willie's going to have to give Wonderboy a reason to knock him out. And what I mean by that is Willie's going to have to make a mistake. And I think he's going to fight very cautious. And I don't know if he'll necessarily make that mistake. If Wonderboy's active, then it could be really interesting. If he comes at Willie, that's a different kind of fight. I don't necessarily see that happening. Um, I think Wonderboy's going to be weary of that power because that power rocked him. And, and, and Willie's got a lot of power in those hands. So we'll see how it plays out. But, yeah, I'm still, I'm still picking Wonderboy to be the, uh, the new welterweight champ. Uh, in a fight that's even tougher to pick, in my opinion, the co-main event, we have Khabib um, versus Tony Ferguson. I still can't see anyone beating Khabib. I've said it for years. At lightweight, I don't see anyone, Conor McGregor included, beating Khabib. Ooh, this is a tough fight, man. Um, first of all, if you listen to that conference call, it was 40 minutes of those two guys just yelling at each other, which was amazing. Um, and Khabib, which a lot of people don't notice, is that he's a pretty goddamn big star. You know, it's, he's just not a huge star in America just yet, but I think he's well on his way. This fight, though, is, is fascinating for a number of reasons because it's really – Ferguson's he's, – he's pretty much awkward in every facet of his game, from his stand-up to his ground game – there's really no other fighter like him, the way he, he fights. But Khabib's wrestling in his ground and pound is ridiculous. Ferguson is going to have to get to Khabib on his feet. That's the only way he's going to win this fight. He's yeah, going to have to get uh, to him on his feet and finish him. How long can he stay on his feet? That's what I just... Even when you start touching and threatening Khabib, he just has that mode where he's like, okay, I'm going to just put you on the ground. Regardless, it, like it, it's just like, okay, I'm tired of getting hit in the head. I'm going to put you on the ground and punish you. Yeah, it's frightening how good he is uh, when it comes to the, the ground and pound and the wrestling. If you go back, you watch the Dos Anjos fight. You watch pretty much every fight that Khabib is in, and he kind of takes you down at will. But his sambo style and the way that he goes about taking you down and the way he goes about trapping your arms and, and allows you not to cover your face with his ground and pound, it's frightening. And I don't know if Ferguson's crazy, you know, El Kukui jiu-jitsu will have an answer for that. Um, but again... If Ferguson catches on the feet, it could be a different story. Khabib did get clipped a little bit by Michael Johnson. Um, and the longer the fight stays standing, the better opportunities that the more opportunities that Ferguson will have to beat Khabib. But I can't pick against a guy who hasn't lost yet. So I'm going to pick Khabib Nurmagomedov. Um, I'm going to go with a, a late finish. I'm going to go with like a third or fourth round finish. I think he's, he's going to get him at some point on the ground and beat the shit out of him for <laughs> a good four minutes. And there's going to be a 10-8 round in this fight. Can he be mic'd up? That's all I want. I don't know uh, where the it, hell you put that mic, but please mic him up because he's going to be talking so much shit. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's going to be interesting. Like, these two are going to go at it. And if Ferguson gets any advantage, he's going to be talking too. So this this will be an excellent fight to have somebody mic'd up. Probably won't happen. But, uh, yeah, I'm picking Khabib. I'm going to go say the fourth round. I think the third round is going to be extremely brutal. And then Khabib will finish the job in the fourth. Listen, I'm here for it. I'm picking Khabib as well. Um, by finish, I'll go third round. And that's being generous. Um, I just don't see how anyone stops Khabib and his unique skill set. As good as Connor is and, and his punching power is for those divisions and at that weight, 
it's still not as good of a unique st- skill as Khabib's wrestling. Yeah, there's just exactly. no blueprint to stop Khabib's wrestling. There, there just isn't. You gotta pray that you knock him out quickly, and we haven't seen anyone capable of doing that yet. Um, next fight, just running through the rest of the main card uh, with predictions: Rashad Evans versus Dan Kelly. I'm picking upset Dan Kelly. Um, looking back at a few of his fights, all of his UFC UFC fights so far, he's looked impressive, and I'm not sure Rashad Evans in a new weight class even, going down in weight, really has it. He failed to be cleared for two UFC events recently, 205 and 206. There must be a reason. I'm not sold that he's you know healthy. I'm not sure that the change in weight is going to benefit him. I'm picking Dan Kelly. Um, I'm going to pick Rashad. And the reason I'm picking Rashad is I think Rashad will find uh, we'll hopefully go back to his wrestling roots against Dan Kelly here. Uh, but I'm not mad at you for the Dan Kelly pick because Rashad has looked lethargic in his past couple of fights. Uh, he's looked listless. He, he's looked like he just didn't have it. Um, for some reason, though, I think the fact that he couldn't get cleared for those two fights have lit a different kind of fire under him. And hopefully that, that'll translate into the octagon because, you know, I like Rashad Evans as a fighter and a person. So, um, but that's not the reason. I think he's a better wrestler, and I think he'll have some power in that right hand. And hopefully, the move down and weight will have him in much better shape. We've seen some pictures; he looks like he's in phenomenal shape. He looks in great I don't, shape. I don't know how that translates to a fight, though. So you never know. You're like you could look like you know the super soldier, but you still fight like shit. But I'm gonna pick Rashad. Tough. It's a tough fight for him, regardless. Um, we have Venata versus Tamer next. Uh, Lando Venata is gonna knock him out right <laughs> or, or sub him the yeah. guy finishes everything yeah yeah i mean venata when he fought tony ferguson nobody knew who lando venata was and he gave tony hell for that fight he damn near uh, finished tony right so it's you know and then his next fight he had a highlight reel roundhouse knockout so you know david tamer i think you're just getting you're gonna end up on somebody's well not somebody's on lando venata's highlight reel That's uh, it. As, <laughs> you know as lando venata starts to climb this lightweight you know ladder uh this might be a showcase for him uh and i hate to say that because i think you know even with joe silver gone i think you know between sean shelby and why can't i think of the new guy's name but they're they're competent matchmakers but yeah i'm picking lando venata Definitely. Um, last fight, Alistair Overeem versus Mark Hunt. Mark Hunt is just fighting for the check. I don't see him showing up. Um, it'd be great if he had a walk-off, and we know Alistair's chin is questionable, but I Mark Hunt is just in a war with the UFC legal office, and I'm not sure if he's ready for a war in the octagon. So I'm going to pick uh, Alistair Overeem. It's only a three-round fight, so I think it goes to decision, and Overeem outpoints him. This is tough for me to pick because everything that you said about Alistair Overeem. Look, Alistair Overeem got knocked out by Bigfoot. Um, <laughs> he knocked out Junior Dos Santos, but Mark Hunt has a hard chin. And he, yes, he's been knocked out versus Fabricio Verdum, and he got knocked out versus JDS. But um, all Mark Hunt really needs to do is land one punch. And over the course of three rounds, with no threat of being taken down, I think he's going to knock out Overeem. Uh, Overeem, Jeff, he, technically superior uh, has the, the better skill set. And to me, <laughs> this fight is going to be, the winner's going to face uh, Derek Lewis. That's, that's I, I don't care who wins. I want one of them to fight Derek Lewis. And preferably, I want Mark Hunt to fight Derek Lewis. I think that's a ridiculous fight. Oh, Reem versus Derek Lewis would be entertaining because Derek Lewis is going to take his face off. 
Well, Ream against Derek Lewis is interesting for a different reason because Ream's body kicks are much harder than anything Travis Brown threw towards him. Um, and I think Ream would have a, a distinct advantage in that department. But Derek Lewis and Mark Hunt, two kind of round guys just throwing hands at each other, I'm here for <laughs> it. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm going to pick Mark Hunt here. I just think that Overeem makes a mistake like he does just about in every fight and he gets caught on the chin and put to sleep. And all, and again, all it takes is one, especially for, for Alistair Overeem. So I'm looking at Overeem's record right now. Since 2011, he only has two fights that have gone to decision. So I'm not feeling too comfortable with my pick. <laughs> <laughs> Either he gets knocked out or he knocks people out. That yeah, seems I to mean, be the ongoing trend with the Reem fights. Yeah, you, you look at it as he got knocked out by Miocic. Yeah, he knocked out Arlovsky, but who doesn't knock out Arlovsky? He surprisingly knocked out JDS. He wants a decision against Roy Nelson. He knocked out Stefan Struve. He knocked out Ben Rothwell. Those are all, I mean, well, he got knocked out by Ben Rothwell. I'm sorry. Yes. So him going the distance doesn't necessarily happen. He doesn't. He's like Zab Judah in the sense that he'll be technically superior and dominate, but he has a brain fart somewhere in the fight and just gets clipped. You know, Travis Brown kicked him in the face. I mean. <laughs> that was dirty. I, that was a whole different yeah. type of Travis Brown, though. Yeah, that was a different Travis Brown. But he, I, I picked Mark Hunt for those reasons. I think Mark Hunt can take the punishment and then just land that one shot and everything changes. Well, not even everything changes. The lights go out. Yeah, I mean, that's very true. So we, oh, that's a tough fight to call, but that's that's what this card is. It's a toss-up card, and that's it's really a throwback UFC-style card. Where you're coming here, you're just coming here for the fights. Let's yeah. leave all the pageantry at the door. It's the New Japan style <laughs> um, in comparison to like WWE. It's a strong style UFC card. And uh, can't wait. It's going to be great for us as you know, writers. It's going to be great for the fans. It sets up a lot of stuff heading uh, into the summer in the UFC. For us now, though, we have to head into a break. When we come back, we're going to talk boxing. Tons of boxing to talk as well. We just saw Deontay Wilder have two fights in the same damn night. And we have to preview a huge fight coming up. So stick with us. Boxing Talk right after this. Listen up. Because we need help putting out the show that you love for free every week, giving it free to the people, now we know nobody likes filling out surveys, but we really need you to do it. It won't take you more than five minutes, and besides helping out the show, you'll be entered for a chance to win a $100 iTunes gift card. You know what I can do with $100 on iTunes? I'm living life large on iTunes with that, and you guys get that just for helping us out. We know some of you may have already done surveys like this in the past, but we really need you to log in and fill this thing out as accurately as possible. Yeah, man. I mean, once we know more about you, we'll be able to deliver the show and the sponsors you dream about. Finding sponsors who are a good fit means we're going to give you the deals and information the brands you care about while keeping this show free to enjoy every week. Free to enjoy every week. It means you don't have to pay to subscribe for nothing. All right. And if you don't care about helping us and making the show better, do it for the chance to win a free iTunes or Amazon.com gift card. Right? You know, like, do it for free. Do it for the gifts. And if there's not, you know, just think about it. If there's not that many of you doing it, there's a better chance to win. So please, do us this solid and go to thecornersurvey.com. Once again, that's thecornersurvey.com. Do that. Keep the lights on for us. Let us cater to what you need. You know, you can tell us what you like and what you don't like, and then we can keep it all funky and knock this thing out. I know the Corner Club got our back. You guys are going to fill out that survey. We're going to get more ads. We're going to be bringing you this for free for a long, long time. So shout out to y'all. 
All right, we're back. We're talking boxing. Yo, your boy Deontay Wilder's wilding out. Um, we'll start with his actual fight. So Wilder versus Washington. Coming back after a long layoff, the right hand was broken. It's back. It still has power, even though the left hand is really what did Washington in and led to the KO. But Wilder got hit a lot before that KO. Uh, A couple people had Washington winning the fight on the cards. I'm not sure where the disconnect is with Deontay Wilder. He doesn't seem to be rounding out his game. Well, I said this before. He needs rounds. Like People keep saying, well, what do you mean? He's 38. No, no. He needs rounds. If you look at the course of his career, and I just wrote a piece on Ring Magazine about this, he's only fought 112 rounds in his career. That's 10, 12-round fights. That's something Floyd Mayweather does in 10 fights, or Manny Pacquiao has done recently. Deontay Wilder needs more rounds. He needs more polish because what happens is his power is so dominant and the heavyweight division is so weak that he ends up flattening guys in one or two rounds. The problem is, is when you watch Deontay Wilder fight, you realize that there are a lot of flaws in his game and that he does get hit a lot with guys that are around his size. Eric Molina, Gerald Washington. You know, he, he dominated Bermain Stavern, which the WBC has ordered a rematch, which is actually be good for him. But Bermain was much smaller and easier to hit. So against Gerald Washington, I'm a little surprised that what other got hit as much as he did. But this is a flaw in his game. And, I, and he needs more rounds and more opponents that are that size to shore up. I don't like him against a Joshua Klitschko right now. And people will keep saying to me, they'll be like, oh, you know, he has a puncher's chance. Of course he does. But technically, he's still rough around the edges. And I like Wilder a lot. I think he's got all the tools to be a big star. But those flaws and his ability, his inability to get out of the way of some punches and his moments of looking lethargic in the ring are going to catch up with him when the right guy comes up. So he needs he needs decent fights. He doesn't need to unify the belts right now. I wasn't impressed at all with him against Gerald Washington. I mean, the KO was nice because he got set up by the left hand. I haven't seen knockout power in his left hand yet, so I guess that's something new. But yeah, I wasn't impressed, and I'm I was of the opinion that Wilder could beat an Anthony Joshua. Yeah, no, um, not from what I'm seeing. He's just not rounding out. Like, just get a jab. Like, how hard is it to get a jab? Something. Throw a body punch. He has a jab. He just doesn't use it. Like, like, again, you just watch him and you see these these flaws in his game. And you see these moments where he just kind of languishes and waits for for the counter to land the big right hand. And and who the hell is Gerald Washington? Sure, he was unbeaten, but he he hadn't fought nobody up until that point. Same with Eric Molina. Same with Spitzka. Like, you look at these guys and you're like, what the hell? He needed to fight Povetkin. That was a fight that needed to happen. It didn't because Povetkin couldn't stay off the dope. But those are fights that, that Wilder needs to improve. Like, fighting these guys and losing four rounds and then getting a knockout in the fifth doesn't help him improve. It just exposes him. And like I kept saying, the longer he fights, the more tape you get to see on Deontay Wilder and the more he's exposed because – Frankly, he's just not really improving in those areas. Yeah, he's really not. Um, talking about Wilder, you know, off or out of the ring, uh, man, he went for another fight and, and rushed uh, Brazil after, you know, their fights earlier in the day. He rushed him in the hotel lobby for allegedly dissing his younger brother. And he's like, I have to protect my younger brother. But you can't be fighting other boxers outside of the <laughs> ring. Like, it, it just makes no sense. 
They pay you to handle this inside the ring. Just talk some trash, call him out, and make him your next opponent. He was just on your card. Fight him over the summer. Do it for a paycheck. Like you, you're just coming off a broken hand. You can't be throwing bare knuckle fist fights in the middle of a hotel lobby. I, I don't understand his mentality right now. Yeah, I mean he's still he's still that dude. He still got that Bama in him. So you know things happen. Uh, Dominic Brazil is a guy like he had a knockout in a pretty tough fight uh, earlier in the night on that card, and these two ended up you know pretty much auditioning for a fight at a later date. Um, I'm here for it. I was about uh, saying it's a fight I like to see. Um, I don't know. Brazil looked good in his fights, I guess, before Anthony Joshua and ran into a buzzsaw. Well, he Dominic Brazil has has always had a penchant for getting rocked, and and you know he makes things a little bit more dramatic and entertaining than they need to be, and he still he still win would win for the most part, but Wilder would wash him. Um, but it's a fight that just kind of needs to happen. Wilder just needs to fight these guys, um, and I and I, I don't like to call it babying or you know carrying a guy to a, a big better unbeaten record but Wilder's just not ready and yeah go ahead fight him in the lobby and then fight him in the ring later cuz you don't need to fight you know you don't need to fight these titles yet carry that WBC title as long as you can Nah, yeah that's true just uh, uh I don't know he's going to go for the challenge at the end of the year I, I really believe it I think he wants Joshua or Klitschko at the end of the year yeah, Um well, it's returning Tyson Fury might also you know be a good option it I'm tired of seeing him fight, you know, mid-tier guys. So that, he has to improve, and he has to improve fast. That's the sad thing. Like, the heavyweight division is nothing but mid-tier guys, except for, like, two. I was about to so say, you got two, three other options. Like, I, I need rough. to see him against one of them. Um, talking about, you know, a top-level fight, we have Garcia versus Thurman coming up. Yes, um, yes, yes. Before we break that fight down here in a second, Dawson versus Fonfara is on that same card. That fight intrigues me. Well, it intrigues me because we haven't seen Chad Dawson in a while, and Andres Fonfara's, you know, infamously knocked out uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. So that it's a good fight, um, and it's a good undercard, and it, it carries on. Boxing is having so far a an excellent 2017. So yeah, Dawson Fonfara, I'm interested in that fight. Gonna pick Fonfara because I just don't think Chad Dawson has it anymore. I just think that his time is up. And, you know, he'd probably lose the decision. Yeah, that's going to be... I mean, I won't be surprised to see a couple knockdowns, though. Fonfair sure. drop him, like, twice. It's going to be some fireworks in that fight. So I was like, hmm. I was like, this is a sneaky good undercard. But me and boxing got beef in 2017 because they don't want to bring any of these fights to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> so, Not yet. Not yet. We, 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 I mean, we get our Canelo Chavez Jr. Um, we'll have our summer fight. And, you know, I, I'm pretty sure, even though a lot of people say Cowboy Stadium, I'm pretty sure Canelo Triple G will be in Vegas, too. Nobody wants to pay those state taxes. Yeah, it's we got beef. When I see everybody, you know, at one of these fights, I'm be like, yo, really? You guys really trying to send me back to New York all the time? Like, come on, man. Just I'm not trying to do that. Bring it back to Vegas. I don't, I don't know why they're being so stubborn and hard headed. New York gets all the good fights this spring. Um. So Thurman Garcia fight, you know, we've been looking forward to for a while. We want to see Danny Garcia tested. Um, Keith Thurman had an amazing fight, you know, against Sean Porter. So we've seen him get a tough test. Um, That fight was really close. I don't see Garcia keeping it as close as Porter did. And to me, Garcia is a smart fighter. It's it's tough to 
getting a chess match against the Danny Garcia. But if you have power, you now negate that chess match. You just you got to punch him in the face. If you don't have power, he'll probably beat you. If you have power, you have a chance because everyone has a game plan until you get punched in the mouth. So I think Thurman has the tools to beat Danny Garcia. Yeah, I've, you know, I've probably been one of the biggest attractors of Danny Garcia. And not because I don't think he's good. I just don't think he's gotten better. And in this fight, I think the game plan is the same. Wait for the counter left hook. Um, and you'll wait as long as you possibly can until you find that opening. And that's problematic because if Keith Thurman decides to box and he's an underrated boxer, he's going to get ahead on Garcia early. And that'll force Garcia to have to come at Keith and put himself at risk. And I, I think this is exactly how this fight is going to play out. Garcia's not going to get the openings he's, he wants. He doesn't necessarily ever come out into the fight aggressive. He doesn't look to make a statement early. He kind of just waits around for things to happen. And when you do that against a guy like Keith Thurman, who can box and has a ton of power and a solid chin, you're putting yourself at risk. And with all that being said, if Garcia makes a mistake and is too, uh, if he's too aggressive, he's going to get hurt. If he's not aggressive enough, he's going to lose rounds. I don't like Garcia as a boxer. He got, his, he got boxed by Lamont Peterson. If we would have fought a little bit early, he would have won that fight. He got boxed. Everybody he fights against, he struggles with lateral movement. And, and that's just the way it is. He fights a little flat foot and he loads up. So, yeah, I'm picking Keith Thurman. Um, I don't think he knocks him out. It'd be fun to see him somebody get knocked out. I'd like to see somebody, <laughs> somebody get knocked out in this fight. But I think Keith Thurman is going to win the decision. Although I do think he puts Garcia down at some point in this fight. You know what? I'm going out on a limb. It's time to see one time again. I, I need to see that one-time power. I, I'm going to pick a knockout win for Keith Thurman. Why not? Right. Just because it's been a while since we've seen that one-time just aggression and power. He's just getting too comfortable with these decisions. And it well, started... He's, he's fighting better fighters. I understand. Yeah, yeah. But his aggression inside the ring hasn't been the same. Well, again, he's fighting better fighters. He doesn't want to make a mistake. You know, he got hurt against Luis Colazzo with a body shot. The thing about uh, you know Keith Thurman is he is fighting a smart guy in Danny Garcia who athletically... It, like, here's my thing about Danny Garcia. I think he has all the tools. He just doesn't utilize those tools. He relies heavily on that counter, on his counter punching. And against a guy like Thurman, who I think can do a little bit of everything and a lot of power, um, I think he'll do the right thing. And, you know, I hope, he, I hope there's a knockout in this fight. Either way, I hope there's a knockout. If Danny Garcia wins this fight, it'll validate him, and he needs it. But I, I can't pick against Keith Thurman in this fight. Yeah, it's tough. Um... I'm taking Thurman until proven otherwise. So that's boxing for this week. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We got to talk pro wrestling before we get out of here. Fastlane is coming up. SmackDown had a very TNA-esque episode this week. So we got to cover all that. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this break. All right, everybody. Before we continue to talk more combat sports, we got to give another thanks to Casper Mattresses. Casper mattresses combine two technologies, springing latex foam and supportive memory foam to create an award-winning sleep surface. Have y'all ever slept on memory foam? It's like floating on air. It's that great. And this is how we get our sleep. So you guys make sure that you check it out. Casper mattresses are made in the USA and have free shipping and returns to the US and Canada. Shout out to the Great North. You can buy your Casper mattress easy online and it's completely risk-free. 
Look, dude, you spend like a third of your life sleeping, and Casper understands the importance of trying out a mattress before you commit. Look, so if you are satisfied with the Casper mattress, you got a 100-day period. Yeah, that's right, 100 days. You know, like, 100 days of sleeping, by, by about that time, I think I know if I like my mattress. So get a Casper mattress for $500 for a twin or $950 for a king size. And you can save an additional $50 towards your Casper mattress by going to casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's Casper.com backslash the corner. Promo code the corner to save $50 towards your Casper purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Look, again, man, I like to sleep, and these things are for real. All right, we're back with our wrestling talk. We got to jump right into SmackDown because they had like a weird TNA style, you know, Brother Nero versus Broken Matt Hardy esque um, segment between Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. Out of the blue, really, came out of nowhere to explain their breakup. Randy Orton just proves to be the snake that he is and turns on Bray. I don't like it, man. Um, I think. We all kind of, in the beginning, we all felt that when he joined the Wyatt family that Randy Orton would eventually turn on Bray Wyatt. But he put in too much work, man. He, he helped him get the title. He helped him get the tag titles. Um, he's done pretty much everything. And then all of a sudden, in this weird-ass SmackDown show, uh, where AJ Styles pins Luke Harper twice to become the number one contender, Randy just kind of pops up and was like, I want to fight you now. I'm going to burn down your cabin and Sister Abigail's remain, so let's fight. I don't care, man. Like, this is just... Do we like see Sister is... Abigail? Hell no. We don't see no damn Sister Abigail. <laughs> I, I just... This program does nothing for me. And I feel like they've waited too long to pull the trigger on this feud, as well as they waited too long to pull the trigger on Luke Harper as a single star, who more than held his own against AJ Styles. Like, a Luke Harper, Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt triple threat match at WrestleMania, if they would have built towards this back at the Royal Rumble, which is why I've kept saying that this middle pay-per-view ruins everything, if they would have started there, I would have I would have found this completely believable and fun to do. But now that you're doing it completely out of nowhere and Luke Harper has been taken out of the picture, I don't care, dog. I just, I don't, I don't, this match does not interest me and shouldn't close WrestleMania. I need to see like a full return of the Wyatt family. I need to see Luke um somehow you know take the rko for bray bray still retain the title at mania i need to see the return of eric rowan who has just been cleared i I need to see maybe a new member maybe sister abigail debut something new to establish bray as the champion because randy orton doesn't need another you know close to wrestlemania moment bray wyatt does he needs his he, first, and it'd be great to just see WrestleMania go off air with nothing but fireflies and the flash, you know, the phones lit up, and Bray standing in the middle on some follow the buzzards type shit. It'd be a great way to end it. You know what's really strange about this, is, and I mentioned it last week, is that I hate that these two programs involving the titles have gone the same route with two guys who are in cahoots end up breaking up each other. You had Owens do it with Jericho, and now you have Orton doing it with Wyatt. Um... But what what I hate about this more than anything else is the fact that you have an opportunity to really put Bray over and you're not really taking full advantage of it. Um, yeah, it would be great to see it close with the Fireflies. But, you know, the weirdest thing about this is Owens turned on Jericho. Owens is the asshole. Orton turns on Wyatt and Wyatt's the asshole. This is weird <laughs> to me. Like. You're it making too much sense. sense of the situation. <laughs> yeah, like, like Owens, like they had a festival of friendship, which, you know, Owens 
like Wyatt and Orton were tight, right? Like Wyatt did everything. He was like, oh, yeah, accept you in the family, yada, yada, yada. Like Owens and Jericho were tight. So Owens just turned on Jericho uh, and then demolished him with the, the festival of friendship. And he was booed and he's become the biggest heel. Randy Orton just kind of came out of the blue and was like, yeah, Sister Abigail, who might or might not be your sister, I'm going to burn up her, her remains because I feel like it, and I'm the good guy. Like, I don't, I don't understand this. I, this is like the weirdest storytelling to me ever. And with what we have, about four weeks to go until WrestleMania, you're not going to be able to build this up. And unfortunately, the odd man left out, Luke Harper. I don't know what he does now. And AJ Styles seems like he's going to get entrapped into a match with Shane McMahon, which is a complete waste of time. That's going to be horrible. That's something I can't get behind. Wyatt is champion and going over at WrestleMania. I'm cool with that. Just wasting the best talent in the company in AJ Styles versus Shane O'Mac, who isn't a real wrestler, to what? There's no cage to jump off of. There's What stipulation can you put? We know what we're going to see. We're going to see one coast-to-coast, a, a diving elbow, and that's it. So unless it's to bring up an NXT talent... um. To save Shane O'Mac, I, I don't understand it. I really don't. Yeah. It's, it's silly, and we'll have to see how it plays out because right now, AJ Styles is the number one contender. He did, and again, this is another situation where the heel is not really the heel. The heel won the Battle Royal fair and square, beat Luke Harper fair and square, and now he's going to get the title opportunity taken away from him. I'm supposed to believe that Shane is the babyface. I believe the crowd's going to turn on Shane at this WrestleMania. Like I, I can't see them getting having the back of Shane in this because it doesn't make any sense. So with all that being said, the most intriguing program heading into WrestleMania from the SmackDown side of things is this Miz, uh, Maurice, Cena, Nikki Bella match because Cena and Miz engaged in one of the best war of words that we've seen on TV in quite some time. So and in the match itself, I could give two lessons of a shits about. I can't expect it to be great, but. Yo, Cena has further cemented himself as the best WWE superstar of all time. And people are going to say, Hogan, but dude, nobody's done it longer than Cena. And he's even taken a backseat and still carries programs on his back. Yeah, I mean, Cena's that guy. He's uh, definitely the face of this generation. He's approaching, what, 15 years in the WWE? I think this is his 15th year. He's only gotten better. Um, Him and The Miz, their war of words is great. It's only going to be... Uh, even better over the next four weeks the match is going to be horrible like you said but it is what it is it's about the build-up and Cena's doing his part what he brought in so much real just realness to that segment him mentioning Undertaker and teasing the smarks that everyone everyone wanted to see that match and he knows it and to say it publicly in the ring it's just like oh tip of the cap to you like he just entering everything he's like no i could have done that if it was all about me i could have been face undertaker but it's not so it's like yo that's it's real so i'm enjoying cena i'm enjoying that program um apollo cruz had a good match i don't know how you didn't bring up apollo yet because i don't care about it was a good match but i don't care about the program and we just had a decent chairs match with kalisto and baron corbin not too long ago so there's just no heat on those two and it sucks for both of them um and, and it was weird because that shit, that match, like between that match and the Mickey James Becky Lynch match, they're just programs that I just don't care about. And 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 we still don't have anything going on with the American Alphas and the and the gangster Usos, the Sue Usos. But 
It's just <laughs> SmackDown is being is the better show is has a, a worse build up to WrestleMania. SmackDown is a better show, and they have some excellent talent. But even the women's division now that Naomi's out of the picture, it seems like we're headed towards a multi woman match where Natalia's going to get involved with Alexa Bliss. I just I don't care, and it's, it's again it's this middle damn pay per view that ruins everything. Get started at Royal Rumble. Stop waiting. Stop waiting until four weeks before to start making your real push towards WrestleMania. You could have built these angles for eight weeks and nobody would have said shit. We would have been happy about it. Yeah, I mean, but got to pay those bills on the network. Sure. <laughs> They're cutting the checks. You got to you got to put it on. Um, let's talk about Raw really quick. The New Day is really doing nothing, so we can skip over that. <laughs> um, I, I don't care about them and the Puerto Ricans, man. Uh, it's just it's not it's not a program that does anything for me. Um, the U.S. title has no program right now because their champion is non-existent. Um, what we had Joe versus Cesaro, which was great, good um, match. Um, I, yeah. Joe still hasn't used the finisher, which is odd. Well, no, it's that that uh, Urinaga that that like you know off the ropes rock bottom looking thing that Urinaga finishes, and that's like his new finisher, and I don't like it. Um, I want to see the muscle buster, and I'm sure that you go with the Coquina clutch as a submission hole. But maybe they're going to stay away from. Maybe they'll use the muscle buster like they use the Styles Clash. I don't know. Um, but Joe's been booked very well as like this corporate bully, and uh, his promos are excellent. And you know, further cements the fact that he's been my favorite wrestler for quite some time now. Um, but I still don't know where the hell he goes for WrestleMania. Like he's going to destroy Sami Zayn at Fastlane, but what does he do at WrestleMania? I don't know. I mean, it's very possible he wins Andre Giant Memorial. Ugh, uh, don't put him in that. I'm just Ugh. saying, somebody got to win it. <laughs> it's not like the match Gross. doesn't exist. Uh, yeah, but you can, I mean, usually the Andre the Giant Battle Royal is, is reserved for up-and-coming guys. or somebody that you're going to give a push to that's really doing nothing. Like Cesaro won it, and he was doing nothing, and he threw the big show out, and that was like spectacle. Baron Corbin won it, and it was essentially his arrival to the main roster. Joe doesn't need that. Like, Joe needs a very good one-on-one match. I wish that they that Shane would say, hey, my best guy is AJ Styles. Who's your best guy, Triple H? And Triple H says, this bully Samoa Joe. And we get an AJ Styles-Samoa Joe match at WrestleMania because they both have really nothing else to do but face each other in a cross-promotion match. Now, that would be too smart. Yes, too smart. That's why it won't happen. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, the way that Joe's been booked has been excellent. I just can't figure out what they're, what the, they're going to do with him at WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, once again, Joe's a hired guy, so who knows? Can Shane O'Mac hire him um, to be his muscle and take on, I guess, take on AJ Styles? That would be great. Um, I don't know. I don't know where we're going with this. But right now, I'm okay with Joe just having great matches on Raw. Yeah. Just put him in there against every indie guy. (laughs) And let's just go. Um, We had Owens promo versus Goldberg, which I found really good. Uh, except right. for the crowd being idiots and chanting CM Punk. Yeah, that was strange. And they did that during the Rollins segment, too, I believe. Yeah, um, they're, um, what, they're in Milwaukee, right? So Punk is yeah. there, I guess. But who cares? Like, he lives come there on, now. He's, not coming, he's a transplant. Back. Stop trying to hijack the show. Um, yeah, Owens, Owens' promo was really good, as usual. This guy should be carrying the title into WrestleMania. I don't want Goldberg to beat him. And like and I'm going to be watching I'm going to be watching uh Fastlane with one eye closed because I don't want Goldberg to beat Owens. I think Owens has carried that title well even when they've, you know, given him terrible programs and made him look at like a weak champion. 
as far as a talker is concerned, like he's excellent and he's a great wrestler. And him and Jericho could have a remarkable match with some ridiculous stipulation because you know it's going to have a stipulation at WrestleMania. Um, a street fight or whatever the hell you want to make it, a hell in the cell, I don't care. Uh, but I think it should be for the big title. And I, I don't know what Jericho's going to do with that U.S. title, but I think he just needs to dump it because it's, it's useless. Yeah, I mean, it's a relevant title at this point. Um, be a great thing for Samoa Joe. True. So that's what we had. Oh, we had the promo with um, Rollins and Triple H, of course. Yeah, Rollins lost his smile. Yeah, yeah, man. That promo got me hyped, though. Yeah, I mean, again, it's another weird program where Joe is kind of on the outlier of all this. Because if he's not wrestling Rollins as, as Triple H's enforcer, which I think that was the program for Fastlane that they had planned. Well, obviously, it was until Seth got hurt. But now we're going to go right into Triple H and Seth Rollins, which I don't mind, but it's like Samoa Joe's just kind of on the outside. Like, well, what do I do, boss? Like, what do I do here? I'm just kind of here. Um, but the promo was good. Triple H is, you know, when he cuts a, a mean promo, he can cut a mean promo. So uh, I'm cool. I'm, I'm cool with this. Uh, but what else do we have happen on Raw? We had a... Uh, That's about it. Weird, well, oh, we had a uh, big cast beat. No, um, I don't care about that. Yeah, I mean, what do you care about, Big Show? Well, no, what I did <laughs> care about is they actually made Nia Jax look like a monster heel. Like, it actually worked in the tag match with Bailey and Sasha, where she pretty much demolished them both. It was the first time that I looked at Nia Jax and was like, that actually worked. Yeah, now I you feel have like they're making forward. her gain too much weight. Or she's let herself go. Because <laughs> she's getting exponentially bigger. Like... And she's still so pretty, just, oh, God, they need an outfit change, something. The outfit's trash. She the looks outfit's like a, horrible. Yeah, she looks like a giant Martian. It just doesn't, you know, yeah. like from another planet. But I do, like, again, Fastlane, a pay-per-view that doesn't need to happen, but Nia Jax is set up in a position to be part of this Fatal 4 way. Dana Brooke, I don't know why she's there. Um, Strowman and Reigns, on the other hand, it, the more every week that you watch Strowman, it feels like the crowd is having his back. And, and not just because he's against Roman Reigns. It's because Strowman is really improving in the ring. So that whole contract signing thing was weird. Uh, the whole Mick Foley getting amped up was strange. Uh, but I want to see how this match ends. Because I can't see Roman Reigns being Strowman on this particular pay-per-view. But I really, where do you put Strowman at WrestleMania? I have no idea. I don't know. Good question. I mean, honestly, it should be him and Roman at WrestleMania, but exactly you're trying to fit the Undertaker in. Dude, they're shoehorning this pay-per-view in where they're trying to make things happen when they don't need to happen. So, again, if, you know, Strowman reigns at this fast lane pay-per-view, like, dude, whatever. Um I'd like to see Strowman in a decent program, but if it's going to be Reigns and the Undertaker, which is, I really don't care for that match. Like, I, I, dude, I don't care about WrestleMania right now. That's it. I just don't care. Nothing, nothing that's happening is making me go, man, I need to watch this. So they got four weeks to get it together. Yeah, um, I'm more excited for the night after Mania than I am for Mania itself. Yeah, I mean, it looks like, you know, Finn Balor's going to be back soon. That's what Meltzer's reporting. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, so I guess let's make our fast lane predictions. Yes. Pay per view. I'm not really looking forward to. <laughs> As everyone knows now, because you just bash them for forever. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why you're so against this middle pay per view. Because like, you see what it does. It, it just kind of mucks up everything. Like if you let things play out, 
then they play out. But when you have a pay-per-view where things have to happen, because these pay-per-views just don't happen arbitrarily. Something has to happen to build towards WrestleMania. They just get in the way. Like, all this stuff gets in the way because they got to change directions with everybody at Fastlane and putting them into their WrestleMania programs. And they have to segue it with this stupid-ass pay-per-view. Yeah, anyway, it's a little ahead. rough. All right, so let's start with the pre-show match. Rich Swan and Tazawa versus Kendrick and Noam Dar. Uh, uh, picks a, it's a Tazawa shock. Yeah, it's a Tazawa showcase. Tazawa yeah. is the man, though. Yeah, he's, he's been crushing shit. Um, he's like a little ball of energy. Um, yeah. We have... Oh, no, let's go away from that for a second. Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson versus Enzo and Big Cass. Gallows and Anderson have to retain. Even though they look like the weakest tag champs ever that came and beat up Roman Reigns in a two-on-one match, I feel like they just kind of <laughs> have to retain and go into like some kind of three-way match with Enzo and Cass at WrestleMania. I agree. Gallows and Anderson cheat and use dastardly tactics to beat Enzo and Big Cass. Um, of course, Enzo takes the pin. I do like that they've gone away from the stupid blue in their uniforms, and they kind of just went all black and white with the new Bullet Club-style shirts. So that's yeah. dope. Um, we have Neville versus Jack Gallagher. Neville has to retain. Uh, there's no reason to take the title off of him yet. Seems like Austin Aries is going to be making his debut soon. So if that's the route you're going to go with WrestleMania with the Aries and Neville match, I'm here for that. Yeah. Uh, Gallagher has been getting over extremely well. But, yeah, you just can't. Like, Neville's done a great job as a heel. Um, yeah, I think Neville heel champ- beats the hell out of Gallagher and then um, doesn't stop beating the hell out of him. And Austin Aries comes down from the booth to make the save. Yeah, it's possible, but Aries is still playing the semi-douchebag, so we'll see how this goes. Yeah. Um, we have Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. Oh, God. I'm going to pick Braun Strowman uh, because something will interfere, and it might be The Undertaker. I just don't think Strowman should take his first loss at this shoehorned pay-per-view. Like He needs to have a big match, a big moment at WrestleMania, and taking any momentum away from him right now in favor of, like Roman Reigns doesn't need to win that's all he doesn't need to win he can lose this match <laughs> that's what everyone says about Roman Reigns now I'm not sure if we would book Roman Reigns to win any match at this point um and I bet you he beats Taker at Wrestlemania how shitty would that be Ugh. uh Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax which I skipped over is probably on the pre-show um Nia I don't squash her again See, I don't think that should happen. If you if you're trying to make this fatal four way legitimate for WrestleMania, Sasha has to get her win back. You know, you have to have this fifty fifty thing going with Nia. So Nia squashed her, but I think Sasha has. I think Sasha win by like count out since it's on a pre show. All right, <laughs> all right. Uh, Bailey, Charlotte Flair. The streak continues. Uh, Charlotte becomes a six time women's champion. The only alternative to this match would be some kind of strange finish that would allow this to become a ladder match at WrestleMania where nobody's the champ. That's the only other possibility, but other than that, Charlotte has to win. I'm, I'm there for a ladder match. Uh, yeah, and I like, I like my idea better. I like, you know, Charlotte doesn't lose, but there's no champion heading into WrestleMania. These girls compete in a ladder match. I'm here for that. All right. Um, Sami Zayn versus Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe murders Sami Zayn, further uh, descending Sami Zayn down the ladder, which is really unfortunate. He has to be the crash test done before this. But it'll, I think it'll be, it could be a really good match because we've seen Joe and Cesaro go at it for like a good 10 minutes. So Joe will ultimately crush Sami Zayn. Yeah, match of the night in my opinion, though. I'm yeah. going to take Joe as well. And then we are at the main event, Kevin Owens versus Goldberg. Over under 
three minutes. Uh, so we're picking what I want to happen or what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Over uh, under three minutes. It'll be under three minutes. Goldberg. Well, I think Owens can make it longer if he stays away from them. Because um, <laughs> like he said, the longer the match goes, the better opportunity he has. So maybe they'll play that into it. I just really don't think that you can you know, end this pay-per-view with Strowman Reigns and then Goldberg Owens in two relatively short matches. But I kind of think that's the way they're going to go. Uh, it'll be under two minutes. Uh, Goldberg will win and then Lesnar will come out and some bullshit. Uh, I'd like it to be that Lesnar comes out and costs Goldberg his opportunity. Goldberg doesn't get pinned, but he gets DQ'd or some shit like that, and Owens retains. But that's not going to happen. No. I mean, that'd be the ideal situation. Um, but I'm picking Goldberg to win. Yeah, by relative squash. But please, Paul Heyman, please let Brock Lesnar show up and just wreck shit and, uh, you know, get the DQ. Kevin Owens sits there, remains champion, and Goldberg is screwed out of his title opportunity. Yeah, put some more. I think that puts more heat on that program than Goldberg having the title. I think if if Lesnar costs Goldberg the opportunity by annihilating him, like, first of all, he gets DQ'd for attacking Kevin Owens. And then he just shifts gears and destroys Goldberg. Then you have a lot more heat going into that match. Um, but if Goldberg just beats Owens clean and nothing happens, who cares? Um, our last thing before we get out of here, because we got other things to do. Do the Hardys join the WWE? Nothing. They're not in TNA anymore. I think the Hardys do. I think we see them night after Mania. I hope not. Um, <laughs> I, I really, it, just really quick, I really don't want to see the Hardys in WWE because I feel like the tag team division is in shambles. They have one program, and then they're they're going to be overutilized. And I think the WWE gets their hands on this uh, delete thing, and they just ruin it. So I don't want to see. I want to see the Hardys sign with New Japan ROH and do their thing there. That's my preference. Oh, I mean. It'd be an easier fit, especially for where they are right now in their career. But I just want to see them have one more go at the big time. Yeah. Nope, not until they fix that tag team division. That's it. I don't, I don't want to see them get wasted. I'd love to see them uh, feud with the Young Bucks, face War Machine and ROH, uh, you know, do whatever it is that they can in New Japan and ROH. I, I don't want to see them in the WWE. But I'm going to, I think that they'll end up in the WWE. Yep, oh. I, I think that's the way we go. Um, we'll see. By next week's show, we might have some more answers uh, to a lot of our questions. We'll definitely have an answer to where they're going for WrestleMania. Because after this pay-per-view, I mean, it's three weeks to crunch time. So right now, we're going to have to tell everyone. Peace out, though. Uh, you know where to find us on Twitter. Me, at Kel Dansby. Him, at Andreas Hale, because he refuses to drop his stuff, if you don't know by now. You know his whole spiel. He's just a really grumpy old man right now. Um, <laughs> so make sure you guys reach out to us. You can follow the show itself at The Corner LSN on all social media platforms. Until next week, man, we're out. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.